This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.48 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Keith. Now, nurses' contributions in Malaysia are often overlooked despite their crucial role in healthcare. In contrast, Singapore recently launched the Award for Nurses Grace, Excellence and Loyalty, or ANGEL scheme, aimed at retaining both local and foreign nurses within the public healthcare system while also attracting newcomers to the field. Under this scheme, nursing officers stand to receive up to 100,000 dollars over a 20-year period, while for foreign nurses, eligibility kicks in after four years of continuous service in the public healthcare sector. So what can Malaysia learn from this approach? How can Malaysia address the challenges faced by its healthcare workforce and ensure fair treatment and retention? For some thoughts on this issue, we have on the line with us Dr. Timothy Cheng, Vice Chairman for the Section Concerning House Officers, Medical Officers and Specialists, also known as SCOMOS, of the Malaysian Medical Association. Dr. Timothy, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Let's start with the news uh, from our neighbours down south. Singapore's Ministry of Health has introduced the Angel Retention Incentive uh, for nurses, offering up to $100,000 after a minimum of four years of service. Are we likely to see a brain drain of nurses due to the attractive pay and better working conditions there? Hello, morning. <clears throat> Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so I think there has always been a constant maybe a steady stream or a steady leak of uh, human resource out of the country. And, and in terms of nursing, even more so because the pay and the push factor, sorry, the pull factor is, is, is large. And if you look at the, just at the figures and the numbers, and you get more than twice the amount by working overseas. So I, I think this would, this announcement by the Singapore government could potentially cause an even bigger leak or drain, if you call it that. Yeah. So building on that, what are the current pay ranges for nurses in both public and private service? And has there been any revision in recent times? Okay, I'm not very sure about the uh, the private sector, but nurses in the public sector start at about uh, 1.6 thousand ringgit Malaysia as, as a basic. <clears throat> Together with allowances, they reach maybe slightly past 2,000. And uh, maybe at the end of their service, say the most senior nurse in service would probably would potentially get, uh, after everything in, maybe about 10,000. And an average staff nurse at U29 gets anything from about 2.5 to 3.5 thousand. Um, <clears throat> the private sector, I believe, is either on par or slightly less. Uh, and at the revision, I don't think there's been a revision in recent times. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much the figures we're looking at. Meanwhile, the, there are Approximately only 115,000 nurses in the country. When the government has said that they will need to double that by 2025, then what then are the measures the government has taken to ensure sufficient number of nurses on the back of what you've just told us that salary ranges are still very low? Yeah, so so some of the measures, well, I mean, you need to ask uh, the government about that and the kind of measures that they're doing. Mm. But I believe they are also uh, increasing the number of, of, of intakes uh, into nursing and they do accept actually private nurses in the government but the process I think is slightly long however I'm probably not the best person to comment on this so yeah if we can turn to doctors then, the health ministry has clarified that medical officers can receive locum allowance for work on Saturdays and public holidays, whereas on Sundays, they're limited to claiming replacement leave with department head approval. How does the MMA perceive this discrepancy in allowance eligibility? 
Yep. So, so this extended hours was initially started um, as a pilot project to basically handle the increased workload and increased patient numbers. Now, however, um, there's been some confusion with the announcements and uh, we've gone from not allowing any claims and, and only Chuti Gantian, which is basically uh, to claim hours, from now allowing it, but only for public holidays and Saturdays. And Sundays is something like waiting for approval. So I feel this is, uh, again, confusing, um, both for administrators on the ground, so even at the hospital level, and of course for the doctors that are working. So we really need some clarity by the government in terms of what we can claim uh, and, and why we can or cannot because uh, from the announcements, from, from our understanding of the announcements, there's not, there's in fact not a, I have not seen the sentence saying that you are not allowed to claim. It's rather you are told to claim uh, hours, but it doesn't actually specifically say that you are, you know, disallowed from making the allowance claim. So that, that's a bit confusing, yeah. Timothy, what strategies should the government consider implementing to ensure that uh, MO's working conditions and remuneration are appropriate for the demands of their duties? Well, okay, there has not been a salary revision for, for a long time. I believe it's about 10 years. And it's not just for MOs, but across the board, uh, house officers and specialists. Uh, but of course, reviewing salaries and increasing them is easier said than done. And, uh, you know, civil servants all around the country all want a salary raise. So, you know, what, what makes doctors special? But um, <clears throat> I think that the government needs to be serious in, in looking at this. And I'm sure there'll be an, um, well, there has been an announcement of an on-call uh, claim review. So we are looking forward to that. But I, I feel that to, to prevent brain drain and to keep healthcare professionals, especially doctors in the country, um, there, there has to be something done about this, uh, not just in remuneration, uh, in a work culture and environment as well, uh, in streamlining processes, reducing bureaucracy. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, yeah, back to you. Uh, Timothy, um, you kind of, while I have you here, you, you kind of alluded to the fact that there is an increase in patients uh, at, at public hospitals. Can I just get a sense of what the situation is like uh, right now? Because I do remember that there were, you know, endless queues at a lot of our public healthcare facilities. Is that still the, the, the case and how is that being managed? Well, okay. So I think as, as time passes with increasing population, you know, with growth and all, you will definitely get longer and longer queues. Um, statistically, I, I do not have data with me right now uh, in terms of waiting times, but um, th there is always improvement for, for long waiting queues. And it really depends on where you are. Uh, for example, you know, being in a, a smaller district hospital could probably mean that the waiting time is not as long as being in a big hospital. Um, and a lot, or, or maybe could I say maybe about 50% or maybe less or somewhere around there that the, 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 of this uh, is contributed by the male distribution of doctors. So you have um, doctors that are, you know, a lot of doctors in a place which is not so busy and maybe not enough doctors in a place which is which is busy. Um, and this this affects both house officers, uh, MO, specialists across the board. Um, the MME has, has asked KKM for some data uh, which is basically distribution of manpower across the specialties and disciplines and and ranks uh, to be put online so that we can access that. But so we're still waiting for that to happen. Yeah. Meanwhile, since we have you on the line, um, mm. what are your views? Or at least MAA has come out to say that they are backing the establishment of designated smoking areas, but it needs to be 
plan carefully and executed. I, I had assumed that the Medical Association would not be keen on something like this. Well, if you think about it, um, so something I always ask my, 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 my friends who smoke, and I have a few good friends that do that, why do they open the car windows when they smoke in the car? Um, because, you know, I mean, you, you obviously kind of like the smoke because you're in the car. And I think, it, you know, DSA or designated smoking areas can be a good thing because you don't want the smoke to escape out in open air. Like, for example, like if you have a scenario of uh, a bunch of people smoking outside a restaurant, you know, maybe five meters away, um, and people are going to walk past them and they're going to smell the smoke. So if we just put everyone in, in one room or one area and you can, and you're only supposed to pollute that area and not everyone else's air around it. Because uh, honestly, I, I'm, you know, somebody's gonna, people may kill me after this, but I think smoking is, I mean, there's no benefit mm. and uh, it's also quite selfish. So if you want to smoke, you should just enjoy the smoke yourself and not have people around you even smell it. So, so if you have a DSA, and if it's a closed DSA, we should just put everybody in there and, uh, you know, you do your thing and then after that you leave the area and, and no one else around you uh, around you actually smells anything. So if you look at it that way, then it's actually a, a very good thing because, you know, a, a small kid walking by a shop five meters away is going to smell the smoke from a smoker standing under a tree smoking. So, you know, if you look at it that way, yeah, not sure if you get what I mean. So um, what I'm trying to what, what I'm understanding from you is that uh, th- these DSAs have to be enclosed, like what you see in some airports where they look like they are in a cocoon rather than uh, outdoors at the park, right? Yeah. So well, I don't think we have got detailed guidelines on or details of what the DSAs will be. But if you ask me, I would that would be my my preferred choice to just put everybody in a room, uh, close it up, maybe have a smoke filter for air coming out, and and that's it, lah. Yeah. Or if it's open air somewhere far, far, far away, like where no one else is. <laughs> Dr. Timothy, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Dr. Timothy Chang, Vice Chairman of the Malaysia Medical Association, uh, SCOMOS, uh, talking to us about uh, remuneration and uh, working conditions for healthcare workers in our system, as well as commenting on recent discussions regarding the proposed uh, designated smoking area policy that's being considered. I'm shocked that our nurses are paid just above minimum wage. I didn't yeah. realise that. Uh, 1,600 ringgit, minimum wage is 1,500 ringgit. Yeah, well, if you start out and on the average, mm. it sounds like the average wage ranges between two and a half to three thousand. Although, if you probably served the government for more than thirty over years, right up to your retirement, you then get to ten thousand. But really, at the end of the day, and this is, we we have to see our medical profession in the sense that it's something valuable that we want to spend resource on. I I recognize the government has some fiscal constraints for sure, but re-looking at our budget in a very effective manner is is a priority. Absolutely. It's 7.59 in the morning. We're heading into the 8 a.m. news bulletin. Um, and then after that, on the breakfast grill, I'm speaking to Dr. Ian Lustig, Best W. Heyman Chair at the University of Pennsylvania on the conflict in the Middle East. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.